Hi, friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with Katie Jennings. How are you, Katie? I'm doing really well. It's great to see you. Oh, my goodness. It's great to see you, too. I uh, I, I get uh, Katie is unique. One of one of um, our unique alone, I guess not unique. Unique's not the word. One of our special alumni who I get to bump into from time to time <laughs> on Cal Poly's campus because she has carved out a role for herself here on campus and we are so proud of her and it's so much fun to, to bump into her and see her smiling face and so Katie it's just so great to see you. Yes, it is. And I'm so lucky to still be here. <laughs> yes, you are. I love it. I love it. Well, let's um let let me tell them a little bit about uh a little bit about you. So Katie is a 2014 graduate of our program. And then she also um she did not have enough of education. She wanted to continue to get her education uh to enhance her education. And I think that's just fabulous. And I think it's important for us to um add this in here at the beginning, Katie. A lot of people don't realize this, but in order to carve out a role for yourself, uh, on a college campus, you pretty much need a master's degree. And um, and Katie got her master's in counseling and guidance, higher education and student affairs. So would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, absolutely. I think especially working on a college campus, having that additional education helps. And the type of role I'm in, it definitely helps to have that counseling background a little bit to help support students. I am sure. I am sure. And we are we are taping this episode in the first week of winter quarter, which um first week uh that the fact that Katie is taking time to talk to us is um is I, I really so appreciate it. It's such a busy week. I I know. So thank you so much for, for being here. Katie, I should I didn't even say your title, Katie. I'm sorry. So so Katie is currently the assistant director and Multicultural Engineering Program Coordinator for Cal Poly's College of Engineering. And um, folks out there who are in the experience industry management world, I know you know all about how amazing our program is, and you know how amazing Cal Poly is, but we're probably more <laughs> known more for engineering than anything else. And uh, our engineering college of engineering is top notch. One of the best one, one of the best undergraduate programs in the world. And the fact that Katie is helping to, to lead that is, um, is just really special and really exciting. And we're going to, we're going to get to talk all about that, but let's go back and get to know you a little bit better beforehand. Um, Katie, tell us where you grew up. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in Irvine, so in Southern California. Yeah. What <laughs> you know, I've heard Irvine so much. And I have to be honest, I know so little about Irvine. What <laughs> what's Irvine like? Where what it where is I know it's SoCal, of course. Yeah. I know it's greater LA area. But what is what's uh what makes Irvine unique? What's uh what what's Irvine's jam? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really close to Disneyland. Uh, there's a lot to do in Irvine and a lot to do in Orange County. Um, oh, it is would, Orange County. It okay. is Orange County. Yeah. And I would say what makes Irvine unique is it's 
actually our city and regional planning student study Irvine a lot. It's one of the very first planned cities. So I would say it's a very, uh, if you think of a very typical suburb, that's a little cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. Irvine's one of those. So very planned. Yeah, but it's beautiful. And they did a great job planning. I love that. You know, I, I am um, coming from where I come from in Eastern North Carolina. Um, I absolutely love hearing that because um, the uh, East Carolina University with, is is located in Greenville, North Carolina. And I worked in Greenville, North Carolina for a little while. And one of the things that I was so amazed about and so annoyed about is that it's this small regional city and the traffic is like nightmarish. And you're like, and it's like no one planned yes. for any growth whatsoever, right? And so it's just like this, it's, I, I, I it drove me crazy. And then so they need some regional planners there in Greenville, North Carolina, or they needed them like a long yes. time ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, so what about, uh, what about uh, your folks? What, what did your, did, what did your parents do while you were growing up? Yeah, so my mom is a preschool teacher, so she works with the little kiddos, and after school, that's what I also got to do, is help out with little toddlers. Um, And then my dad works in the dental field, and so Hmm. he helps them purchase the equipment they need. I love it. Uh, That's so awesome. You know, uh, Katie, I could have guessed that, you know, (laughs) you've got that, like, down-home, caring aspect to you that people are drawn to and so it's not surprising at all that your mom's an elementary school teacher I love that I love it I I'm always reminded whenever I hear that of that um do you remember that famous poster like everything everything we need or learned we learned in kindergarten or whatever seen that poster right right you know yeah that's so great but um so what about sibling do you have any brothers or sisters yeah, so I have two sisters. They're actually twins. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So I'm the older one of them too, um, which was hmm. interesting growing up with. Twins. That was. Yeah. yeah. How how much older are you than them? I'm two years older. So oh, my poor parents for two. Yeah. Twins. <laughs> they had three. You know, three under two, basically. Oh my goodness! So they couldn't even get you to help them with the, I know. With the two twins. Oh, you were you were part of the the gang running around. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, but hey, you know that was great experience for your mom as an elementary yes. school teacher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And and everyone people can't see Katie, but she has a bright smile too. So her dad delivered the the good dental equipment there. With that. <laughs> <laughs> what tell us about what you you and your uh, your twin sisters? What did y'all get into? What was what was your jam growing up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, growing up in Irvine, so we were we were close to the beach, mm-hmm. so we went to the beach all the time. There are also so many parks and like community pools so they they planned all that in there and so it's really cool there's 26 pools that were around like community pools around our house what so yeah in like the community and so yeah we spent a lot of time in the water (laughs) i bet you did you just stepped outside you're like hey dive in yeah (laughs) 
I guess uh, I guess it gets pretty hot down there, huh? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. That would make sense. So, did you get into swimming? Was that your? Was, did you get into competitive swimming or anything like that, or not? Not competitive. I mainly did softball, but my sisters were were great swimmers. They, they were good. Swimmers. They did that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. So I, I like to, you know, I've, I've added this little glory day segment to let you to let you brag a little bit about what you your your um, most proud accomplishment before coming to Cal Poly. Can you share that with us? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think um, maybe one of the things I'm sort of thinking through this and. One thing that came to mind is when I was in, it's probably like second or third grade. I I wasn't really that artistic, but we had a little art class at school, and I we made this um, upside down cat picture that won won all of these awards and ended up being a um, photo that was used throughout Laguna Beach actually uh-huh. a lot of their programming and that's cool really known for art but um it was sort of a silly kid John photo and uh-huh. my my family always made fun of me that that was my like uh-huh. my fame in the air yeah that is a cool fame that is a cool thing I love that an upside down cat picture yes. that's yeah. cool. and that's fitting because you know we have a couple cats and they they are constantly turning our lives oh, yeah. upside down, I feel like. <laughs> yes, I get that. They rule the house sometimes. <laughs> yeah. In fact, last night it was like super windy and I didn't realize it was windy outside. And I heard like a crash and I was like, stupid cats. And I like jumped up and, and well, well, I at first I'm like, stupid cats. And then I'm like, 13 year old son, right? Those that's the order that I'm going into checking yes. to see what what fell down. And he was like asleep and was like what are you talking about dad why are you yelling at me in the middle of them you know and then i realized the wind was blowing and it was our it was our um uh patio furniture blowing over <laughs> <laughs> so i like ran, ran outside it was like well the wind was just whipping you know but uh but anyway um well, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about that journey uh, towards Cal Poly. Now, obviously, Irvine's not very far away, but when you say Cal Poly in Orange County, I imagine most people are thinking Pomona, right? Um, yeah, the other Cal Poly. So, so how did you how did you learn about Cal Poly? What's your story there? Yeah, yeah, good question. So. You know, I was just looking at different different schools and trying to figure out what was, you know, far enough from family, but also close enough, <laughs> drivable. Um, and I had, you know, some family friends who knew people who went to Cal Poly and some of my friends were talking about Cal Poly. So, you know, during my junior year of high school, I did a you know, a few tours. And that was one of the ones I asked my parents if we could yeah. go to. And I just, I, I fell in love with the area. It's just so beautiful. But, you know, one of the things that really got me was I went to all different schools and had a good time. But, you know, at Cal Poly, actually, someone opened the doors for our group, like yeah. just a random student opened the doors for our group while we were doing a tour at the UU. 
And something about that just really stuck out. Like I just felt like it's a community and um, a place where people actually notice others. And like that small little act of kindness, I think, stood out in comparison to the other campuses. You know, Katie, that just, um, I, I like almost get tears hearing you say that because it, it's really, I think people underestimate the power of kindness, yeah. right. And the power, the power of the connection with other people. And, um, I, you know, coming from where I come from in the South, you know, one of the things that, that I kind of, I don't know, I, I look back and I wonder about is that. You know the the South is known for their hospitality, mm-hmm. but in but in some ways it's kind of fake hospitality, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like oh the bless your the whole bless your heart thing, bless your heart, you know, and that really means screw you, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. And so and so as I got older and realized that some of it was just fluff, I was like, eh, I don't really like that, you know. And then and then we drove into L.A county on our way here to slow and jerusha was like what are you doing and i was like what do you mean what am i doing she was like you gotta we're not in the south you gotta stop looking at people in their cars and i was like what are you talking about she's like you're making eye contact with people in their cars that's not cool in la and i was like oh uh, okay and I was like, where have I gone? This is awful. I don't know if I'm going to like this, you know? Yeah. Then I got to slow and it was like people did feel more genuine. Yeah. Genuinely happy and more genuinely wanting to 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 speak to you. And so I just love you sharing that story because I've remembered that. And whenever I walk by groups of um of people touring the campus, I try to smile and nod at them and, and, you know, that sort of thing. Cause I just figured that they see gray beard and they know I'm a professor, you know, so yeah. uh, <laughs> I want to seem friendly, you know, yeah. but, but it's such a great, um, I think it's just such a great example. And I hope that people out there hear that and, and make them um, maybe in those small moments just be a little bit kinder to each other so you know you made a huge impact there i think let's talk about um that decision to to actually come here and to find the major tell us about how you found the major yeah totally so i knew i wanted to come here and you know i had all different things that i wanted to study um honestly growing up I wanted to be a geologist because I loved rocks for some reason. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I was like thinking maybe sciences. um, But then I had a a family friend who she um, worked in the tourism industry and I actually job shadowed her and and helped her out a little bit while you were in high school. In high school. Yeah. Just to get an idea of like what that looked like and, um, I thought that was the coolest thing. And she, you know, sort of brought up like there are majors like this. And I looked yeah. at all the majors at Cal Poly and and found RPTA. Yeah, I love it. That's so great. That's so great. So let's talk about your your Cal Poly years. You know, you still got some Cal Poly yeah. years going, <laughs> but your your time as an undergraduate here. And I just remember uh thinking back, uh Katie, just uh 
you know, what a leader and what a, you know, you really just stood out and, and you're, um, you know, I know you, you graduated top of your class and, you know, you were involved in so many different things. So it might be a little hard to narrow down, but, um, but tell us about like a unique experience that you had what, during your undergraduate years that, you know, you'll never forget. Is there anything that stands out? Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, gosh, I had so much fun. I, my parents actually didn't go to college. And so they, um, you know, coming to Cal Poly, they were like, you know, get involved and enjoy this experience. And so, yeah, I got super involved with so many things. Um, but I get asked a lot from our students, you know, what was your favorite part? And honestly, I think all the time about the RPTA classes, like that for sure stood out. Um, and I always tell students, I went to Costa Rica with, I know, some alumni who maybe are listening. Um, yeah. this were you with Dr. Jacobs? Yes, with Dr. Yes, Jacobs. I was pretty sure you were with Dr. Jacobs. Well, we got to give Dr. Jacobs a shout out and his, yes. uh, and his Michigan Wolverines winning the uh, national championship. You know, yeah. I... Uh, we we haven't sent a Chris uh, a, a holiday card in a few years, and so we finally sent one this year, and we sent one to the Jacobs family, and so we got one back. Uh, we got it the day that Michigan won. Oh my like, goodness! I was like, "What is this card, Jerusha? How did somebody already send a Michigan card?" And I looked at it, and. His boys are taller than him. Oh, my goodness. And I didn't recognize any of them. I was like, holy smokes. So uh, maybe he'll hear this and he'll he'll hear the shout out. Go blue. Uh, I'm Yeah. um, So very excited for it. But yeah, you got to go to Costa Rica. And um, so tell everybody about that Costa Rica experience and what that was like. Yeah. Oh, it was incredible. I mean, something was really cool is we spent the quarter before planning our own dream trip and potentially future students could go on that. And just thinking about the logistics of, you know, what that looks like to do group travel and, you know, planning, um, you know, the actual travel coordination, but also what you're going to do each day, the agendas, and then also the budgeting for it. So that was a really cool experience before. Um, And so we got to go to Costa Rica, which was someone else's planned trip, but Love it. It was incredible. I mean, we did zip lining and we repelled off waterfalls. We did whitewater rafting, got to see incredible hotels and like the services they provided. And, you know, Costa Rica is known for all that ecotourism. And so it was really cool just to, you know, get to know some of the um, tour guides in that area and just hear their perspective of what tourism looks like over there. Yeah. And it was just fun to enjoy it with classmates. And yeah. What is that? I think there's like maybe like 17, 18. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty, pretty like, yeah, yeah good sized group. And yeah. yeah, a lot of fun. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. And I, I, I always have to give the disclaimer, Katie, whenever anybody um, talks about these trips is like, because our, our current students are like, what? Wow. How come I don't get to do that? How come you're not doing that now? And it was like, um, and so I, the way I, um, and, um, Dr. Jacobs, if you, if you're listening, um, uh, he, he knows this, so I'm not like, it's not, it wasn't really a boondoggle. Um, 
but it was like some sort of arrangement that he got like grandfathered in where he was somehow able to do this trip. And I remember us talking about it for years and going, if Jacobs ever leaves, there's no way we're going to be able, they're going to let us, there's no way they're going to let us continue doing this. Because yeah. he really had some sort of arrangement where he was able to do it every year and no one else was. That's awesome. <laughs> we never figured it out. And we've never been able to do a trip like it. So oh, really? You know I mean? Dr. Schwab has led a couple since then, but it wasn't really not quite like what Jacobs was doing, but similar. But yeah, uh, but yeah the regulations and whatnot made it so it was it's much harder to do those now. <laughs> yeah. Totally. And then of course the pandemic hit, you yeah. know, all that. But uh, but yeah, what great memories. Um, so let's talk about professional development. Now I know I know how involved you were, and I know you were involved in in ASI and Boys and Girls Club back home and all kinds of different things. But what from a professional development standpoint, when you look back, um, what really do you think really propelled you into the professional world? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know. I think honestly, our classes helped a lot in the major. You know, I think with any of them, whether I took a lot of classes like in sports and I took tourism and event planning. Yeah, you were all over everywhere. I was all over. I love it. Just because it was was so fun and interesting. I love learning. But um, honestly, like all of those classes help you just think through an entire experience and think through like, yeah, what what the experience of others will be. And so I feel like look at you talking our language, even yeah. though you were, even though you yeah. weren't even here when we were doing experiences. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what we said for years, Katie. We were like, well, we're just rebranding. We've been talking about experiences for years. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And honestly, like that is especially in my field, like that helped me professionally is thinking about what others are going to experience and then challenging yourself to see what could be better about that and what you could change to make it better. It really, it's amazing how simple it is, but (laughs) how little some people think about it in the Absolutely. In that light, you know, I, I won't name the major or anything like that, but, um, I had a colleague, um, I had a colleague here on campus whose daughter was in our program and she was like, oh my God. She was like, I went to this one department's (laughs) open house presentation (laughs) and then I went to yours and she was like, and the contrast was really, really stark. Yeah. She's like, you guys obviously understand experiences much better than others because it was like really dry and really boring. And you guys were like all over everywhere and made it exciting and fun. And I was like, well, and we still look at it and think this is too boring. We need to figure out a way to make this more exciting, right? But it really is about putting yourself in the shoes of other people and thinking like, oh, you know, I bet people wouldn't want to wait for three hours in line uh, <laughs> to, yeah. 
for a concert or whatever, right? So uh, let's talk about uh, your post your post Cal Poly experience. Um, I mentioned already that you got your master's degree, and you got that pretty soon after. Um, talk about the process in making that decision and what that decision was like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my internship um, at the end of the RPTA program, I worked in orientation programming. And so I I love that. I mean, it was so fun and so up my alley, you know, working with others, doing event planning, helping support students. um, And I had just so much fun. And I I think from that experience, I had a good idea that I wanted to stay in higher education. And I got a job right after as an event coordinator in career services to actually plan all of their large career fairs. So I did that. And I told myself, you know, I want to make sure this is what I want to do. Like, I know a master's degree is something I'd probably need to get. So I actually worked for a year just to make sure. And for me, it was important to like give myself the time to, um, yeah, solidify that that was the direction and what I wanted to invest my time in. And I think that's smart. It, it changes your perspective a lot, yeah. right? You kind of go, oh, okay. Yeah, I definitely want this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. not. Maybe you say I don't. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I know yeah. lots of people that have said they don't, right? So and that's perfectly fine too. Yeah. Um, and and I apologize for uh, you know you'd think I've done enough of these podcasts that I wouldn't like be forgetting all about the internship, but um, I somehow I had uh, almost forgotten about the internship. Remind me who was your um, who was your direct supervisor in that position for the in, internship? Oh, for the, like uh, Jason Mockford in right. I, I was yeah. thinking it was probably Mockford. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a great person to have as a direct supervisor. Yeah. That's awesome. He well, was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And and for those of you who don't know out there who are listening, um, Katie was really involved in in Cal Poly's Week of Welcome, mm-hmm. right? And uh, with orientation, um, that that's obviously the one, the big, the biggie, if you will, <laughs> with that department. And um, we've won all kinds of awards over the years for our week of welcome. And it's just an amazing program that we're so proud of. Um, let's talk about um, graduate school and what graduate school was like. And, you know, I think it's, um, I think it's good to to continue to to ask this question because, you know, I think a lot of people out there like think to themselves, should I, I don't know, I'm scared more school. I don't know if I can do that, you know, that sort of thing. But graduate school is a lot different than undergrad, right? So, so tell us what your experience was like. Yeah. You know, for me, that experience, it was incredible. I, it, it is really different. I mean, you're able to specialize and focus in an area that, that you really want to. Um, I feel like it's a lot more, um, self, learning in some sense like you can self-direct it a little bit more at least it was for me um which which I really loved I love doing research and um yeah I got to dive deeper into like a field that that was very different we had I had counseling classes and so individual counseling group counseling 
Um, those are the type of classes I was able to take and actually facilitate counseling for um, different groups. And it was an incredible experience for me. Um, but yeah, it is it is different than undergrad. It's a little more self-directed, but fun because you get to sort of channel your interests a little bit. Yeah. So um, they have what's called... Um, or, or, or in graduate school, you, you hear the word cohort a lot. I think that's where uh-huh. I first learned that word was yeah. my graduate cohort, right? So your graduate cohort is like the class of students that you come in with to graduate school. So um, what was that like? Did you have a did you have a good cohort? Did you feel feel pretty close with them? Oh yeah, absolutely. Our so my cohort was um, twelve students. So. 12 of us got really close. We could do dinners really easily. And yeah, you're taking every class with them and seeing them, you know, multiple times a week. Uh, Luckily, my program worked really well with working full time. So I was actually able to keep my job at career services and do my grad school because the classes were in the evenings. So yeah, that's really cool. And you know, um, as you were talking, I was trying to think of a, a, a television show that I recently watched that I think you would like. I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen Shrinking? I haven't. Yeah, you should look I'll it up. Look you that like up. It. With the counseling aspect, you would like. I think you would like it. Uh, Harrison Ford's in it. It's a pretty good TV show. I think it's Apple TV, maybe. Um, okay. Not a hundred percent about that, but um, uh, plug for uh, pop a plug for Apple TV there. Like, yeah. uh, like they need it, <laughs> but uh, free advertising, right? But um, so let's talk a, a little bit more now about um, your current role and leading up to that current role, right? So you call you you on on LinkedIn. You say a passionate retention specialist right um and i know that 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 your title's not retention specialist now um that that you've you've been promoted up to a to a different position but i would still think that that's kind of in the realm right tell us what a retention specialist is and why that's important in a college of engineering yeah oh my gosh absolutely and i still absolutely get to do that every day um yeah, so that role that I I got to have specifically for retention specialist is I it was it was really fun. I got to um work with students who are really struggling, who may have experienced traumatic life events and help them navigate what their next steps are. And so figuring out if they need to take a leave, um, figuring out, you know, what policies are in order and you know, how to navigate all of that. So um, it's been such a cool job to still continue to do that, to support students. Uh, one of my favorite things is like the programs that have instilled me is in, in me is that um, it's always good to think about the experience of others and put yourselves in their shoes and also find ways to make it better. And so in this type of role, I get to sort of push policies a little bit. And being in a higher education setting, it's things have been the way they are for a very long time sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And so well, I've been done like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, just because. because. Exactly. So uh, I yeah. love it that your generation doesn't accept because. Yes, exactly. <laughs> my exactly. parents, my parents had the uh 
had the power of the belt and the switch. I got switched when I was growing up and I got belted when I was growing up. So when they said, uh, when I said why, and they said, because I was like, "Mm, okay. Okay. And I just shut up. Right. And thankfully we have evolved where that's no longer the case. And kids can say why and adults we can't say because anymore exactly <laughs> that pushes us all forward like you were like we were talking about with experiences right so you know i want to ask you about this and i think this is important what you just said related to understanding um, the experiences of others you know i went for a long time as a faculty member where my default was my undergraduate drunken self, Mm -hmm. right? Hungover and not really engaged in my educational experience like I should have been. Mm -hmm. Um, I doubt any of my buddies from college will listen to this, but if they did, they would go, oh yeah, you were pretty disengaged, right? Um, But my default as a professor, unfortunately, Katie, in the first part of my career sort of defaulted to that, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's a damaging, looking back, I realized it wasn't, that wasn't the best approach. And as I became more aware of the experiences of others and came to recognize life in a sort of a different or, or a different lens to life, I became more empathetic and I became more open to understanding and realizing that everybody's experience is different and not every college student is like me. And, uh, you know, and um, when they're struggling, right, it's not that they're, they don't want to do it. It's that there are some barriers in place that I thankfully did not have because of the privilege that I had. And so I love that you are on the front lines helping with that. Right. So tell us about your day to day as an assistant director and multicultural engineering program coordinator, wh- what are you doing on a daily basis? Tell us what it's like. Yeah, absolutely. So on a daily basis, I'm supporting our College of Engineering students. So um, there's over 6,000 students in the College of Engineering. And so we, as an office, support them with like advising and just personal support, coaching, Um, And then I lead our program, the Multicultural Engineering Program, within our office. Mm -hmm. And so I support all of our students who um, come from different backgrounds, such as like first generation, um, our Black African American, Latin, Latinx students, um, our Native American Indian students. So all of these students who you know, historically have been really underserved, especially in engineering as a field. I was going to say, especially in engineering. Yeah. Yeah. And so I get to meet with them and come alongside them and advocate for them as they adventure into education and figuring out how to navigate the campus and classes um, and also help them build community together and then also get connected with industry and get a job at the end of it. (laughs) Love it. Love it. And such important work. And I, um, I know that, that Cal Poly, um, over the years has gotten, uh, you know, we, we've, we've tried it. We've, we've tried everything, everything 
we possibly can to to try to enhance um, our commitment to um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and um, and programs like the ones like the one you are leading are so so important for that. It's one thing to to talk the talk; it's another thing to walk the walk. And you're you're showing your program is helping to to show how to walk that walk. And I've seen an amazing. I've seen I've seen what I feel like is a pretty amazing change over my almost 20 years here. And um, I just know that we're going to continue to get better and better because of people like you. Um, one thing I want to ask you uh, about is along the, those lines of of challenges and opportunities. So let's start with start with the challenges. Right. So. So in your role, what's what's the biggest challenge? You know, we've come out of the global pandemic and that obviously had its own unique challenges, <laughs> um, but it's not like that we don't still have some trauma build up from that. So mm-hmm. what do you what do you think? What are what are the challenges that you're seeing on a daily basis for for higher education? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, coming out of a pandemic, lots of trauma there. Um, I would also say financial barriers. I mean, college is getting more and more expensive and, you know, making it a great return on investment is becomes difficult as it becomes more expensive. So making sure that we're, you know, supporting students in their educational journey and adapting to what they need and what our society needs. Um, And so that's a big challenge is that financial barrier. yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's so hard. I was behind a, I was behind a student today and she was getting one of those smart waters from campus market, you know, and the, the girl rang it up, they, they rang it up and it was $4. And she was like, it's $4 for this bottle of water. And she would, the, 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 the clerk was like, yeah, I'm really sorry. That is outrageous and i was like sitting there going yeah that is pretty outrageous i remember when it was two dollars and i remember thinking how outrageous that was and now it's four you know and it's like it's hard it is so hard but um so what about opportunity so let's 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 uh switch it around to the to the the positive the the opportunities what do you see what do you see as the opportunities for us in higher ed yeah you know i see um you know, especially after the pandemic, virtual options, you know, especially, you know, the the trauma that I think we all felt in some form of experiencing that we, um, there's a lot of mental health concerns and a lot of just trying to process that and, you know, maybe grieving a period of our lives or grieving the lives of others. And so having that virtual option has been really a great opportunity. And I think something that makes, you know, advising and our support and support across campus just more accessible um, to students. Yeah. One more thing in your toolbox, right? Yeah. Because I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, the students that we're working with right now, they went through a a period of their high school education was was virtual was was Mm -hmm. online and and some days they wake up and they maybe don't feel like they can engage with other people and so just being able though to potentially hit a zoom button Mm -hmm. and get a human there 
to help them is huge. Is that what you're meaning from absolutely. an opportunity standpoint? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That support and accessibility is huge for sure. Yeah. So in terms of advice, um, you know, I've, I've been, um, I've been going back and forth with how best to ask this question. So I'll, I'll, I'll do it in a, in a twofold manner. Like, um, if you could time travel back in time, right. And tell junior year, uh, Katie something, what would you, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I had a wonderful college experience. Um, I would say probably for me personally, I would have maybe um, said no to a few more things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't I, have to do everything, Kate. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did almost everything. I felt like I was involved in a ton of organizations and I worked. And um, so, you know, I think saying no to certain things to build a focus on, you know, more like less things, but give it more focus. I guess you would say, um, which is sometimes something I should tell myself every day. Every day. What <laughs> <laughs> yes, should I say no it's to? Hard. Where are my boundaries? <laughs> it's hard. It is very yeah. hard. And then, actually, I think that's a great, great lesson for for people moving forward as young professionals. I mean, you want to say yes to everything, but you do have to be careful not to stretch yourself too thin because if you get a reputation for being flaky or being half half you know half there or you know not being reliable you know i i still struggle with that katie to this day you know i have a couple of professional things that i do where i'm like why did i agree why did i say yes to that well i said yes to that because i kind of had to but did I? No, I didn't have to. And the fact that I'm giving it only half effort um, tarnishes my image rather than sharpens my image, yeah. right? Yeah. right? You know, and so it's like, uh, it's a really valuable thing, I think, to think about, like, be, look for those opportunities and and jump it when opportunities come, but make sure you're not jumping into a water with uh, waters with um not enough uh flotation devices absolutely (laughs) right is that a good way to put it yeah Yeah, i love it well look you know i know we've both had a long day here in this first week of the quarter and i can't thank you enough it's so great to catch up with you and i always i always love when i bump into you and and you know it's super exciting i guess you heard the news about uh dr hendrix coming back as inner dean and so uh (laughs) Yes. And so that is um, so exciting. We're so excited about that in case no one in case people had not heard that news. Um, But uh, but Katie, it's just so great to see you. And thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thank you. It's been awesome. Thanks for the fabulous work you're doing over in the College of Engineering. Yeah. Bye. Bye.